desperately wishing that there was some big news story that had happened today to give us a really easy intro joke. Welcome to Hand of Pope. No, hang on. Today, of course, is that the the new Pope uh, is Francisco a San Lorenzo fan. Is it Francisco or Francisco the First? They've been having this debate on American yeah, football. No, Francisco the First. Um, so Francisco the First is is as Dan says a San Lorenzo fan. Um, cue lots of jokes about Santos and about the return to boy that being divinely ordained and all that. Actually, I saw that. It was funny. Just before uh, starting this podcast, I was coming back from work, passing through Congreso, and you know they've got the little um, kind of the little camping site of. San Lorenzo fans are taking like new socios and stuff mm. and the one banner they have like the biggest one is um, Volvemos a Tierra Santa <laughs> I thought they knew something they were ahead of the curve well that's how it all started with San Lorenzo isn't it with um, with the priests giving them a bit of space to go and yeah. to go and start San, playing on that's San how Lorenzo. the club started yeah. so hence, hence yeah. St. Lawrence so Indeed. exactly yeah, yeah. Um, have you heard any bad bad jokes about this, Joe, today? I've tried to stay clear of them. I was thinking we should at least try and get some of them out of the way. I've seen that the Vatican's going to be um, appealing to the UN for sovereignty <laughs> over the Falklands. Uh, lots of other things. Just none of them particularly funny. <laughs> the, the, main, the main one has been uh, just basically just lots of chest puffing from what I've seen. It's like, well, right, we've got Maradona, right? So we've got yeah. God, so we've got Messi, we've got the That's Messiah. And now we've got the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right, okay. As if the typical Argentine needed any more excuse to big up his own country. Um, anyway, so introductions. I'm, I'm Sam Kelly, and I'm not the Pope. And I'm joined by two other men who are not the Pope. Uh, you've already heard their voices. Daniel Edwards. Hello. Okay, English Dan. Uh, and John Richards. Hello. Welcome, gentlemen. Do you have Welcome. to keep calling me English Dan now there's only one Dan? Yeah, just, yeah. you know. I've got you down as English Dan. It's a memory. This is crazy. Australian Dan may be dead to us, but he is still. He was very much part of the podcast. And the problem is, if another English Dan then comes. Oh, we've had that. I think we've had two so English Dan's on here before. I can't remember who it yeah, was. Yeah, we might. But, well, um, and we might well have another one indeed uh, in the not too distant future if he accepts the invitation. So how, how does that work? Just, yeah. They just come new English Dan. No, they're just Dan. Oh right. He's English. <laughs> This tag's never going to leave me. No. Even if I change nationality. No, no. You'll always be the English Daniel. Change name, change nationality now. Absolutely. Anyway, we're in danger of, of hitting the ten-minute mark on the recording without having mentioned any football yet. Um, and there was some. Uh, we've had some. Lanús still top the Doneo final, still one point ahead of River Plate, both one this weekend, both 2-1 as well. Uh, bizarre symmetry there. Um, where about should we start, though, gentlemen? I think we should probably start with them two games, because... I didn't see too much of the River game, I must admit, but it seems like there's quite a lot of symmetry between the two. Like both teams kind of flew out the blocks, right? Especially I watched the whole Lanús game in the first say hour of that game, seventy minutes. They were absolutely incredible. Well, both took a two 0 lead, didn't they? Lanus, yeah, Lanús. No, Lanús were two 0 up. I think they missed a penalty as well, and it yeah. could have been five or six. They were just like beautiful football, one touch. Like Regueiro and Romero were like absolutely on fire. And then all of a sudden, I think about 70 minutes in, I think Sam can probably tell me when the first goal went in, but it was around that mark. 
uh, yeah, no, Arsenal hit one back mm. and then for the last 20 minutes they looked like they were asleep just taking it easy and holding on and that's according, according to Ole the Arsenal goal was with 8 minutes to go but uh, I wasn't watching the game but yeah. not, uh, it's kind of yeah, Ole that, saying it yeah. I'm not casting any doubt on you you might well be right no, I mean, no it might well have been but for that kind of like last 20 minutes including the goal they were just absolutely yeah they just seemed to completely lay back and just want to hold on to the game hmm. Uh, Eagle-eared or bat-eared I suppose listeners uh, will have picked up on, on one of the things that Dan has mentioned and, and have realised that that means that Lanus have finally conceded a goal Augustine Marcusin was something like 586 minutes without conceding which I think is the second best record for a Lanus goalkeeper ever I'm not going to contradict you if you say it Sam uh, so unlucky Lanus they've not quite managed to do a Newells and go through whatever it was the first 12 games with only oh no of course Niels didn't do that did they? they drew 3-3 with River in the 6th round of the Ines, yeah. Um but they're looking good yeah they, they are, are the 10 goals 4-1 against in the first 5 games uh, River Plate have got a slightly less impressive defence they've conceded 6 um, but they have scored 8 and they've won 4 and lost just 1 of their games so they've got 12 points and it's on 13 um, and were very good in the first half against Cologne and rather less good in the second it has to be tempered of course with the fact that Cologne are shit there's um, <laughs> no other way to put it I mean, they're, they're abysmal what, what's going on? yeah they're pretty poor Sensei is an experienced manager he's, he's not a, well he's no, not seen like a useless ex- manager before what does experience mean when we've got the title leaders being being led by someone who's completely wet behind the years? well absolutely yeah. third place of course is yeah. Godoy Bruce even more damp behind the yeah, who will no doubt get on to get on to in a little while. But what is going on with Colon? I mean, seriously, they've, they've just been awful for the last. We've seen well, this so many times. Now. We've seen this so many times. Yeah. At home and they've been losing matches left, right, centre. They're so inconsistent. Like, I think they've got the players in the squad to then sort of um, bounce back a bit, and I don't think they're going to finish too badly this year. They'll they'll scrape mid-table. Whether Sensini's there to make it. I, I can say. They're 19th at the moment. Yeah, but Colón like this. They're so inconsistent. They'll lose five games in a row and then they'll come back and and stabilise, win four or five games. Like. Well, not so long ago, they were being touted as... In fact, at the beginning of the Inicial, they were touted as title candidates. Yeah, this, yeah, this happens every... Yeah, exactly. Every season. Not by, it's not by yeah. pod, we'd, we'd like to clarify. No, no, but the, you know, the mass media establishment mm. in Argentina, they're all very excited about Colón's what was admittedly a very good start but I mean this is the whole thing isn't it? you know after three matches you know they wanted Barros Quilota to be um, sacked uh, yeah. in, in, in the Inicial and everyone was saying oh Colón yeah then. exactly and Colón are title candidates and now as you rightly said Colón are 19th and, yeah. and Barros Quilota is sitting, sitting happy in the top spot so so what we're saying is this is essentially football this is <laughs> just the way it goes yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but they do have good players you're right Sensini is yeah. I mean he is experienced and he was for a while he was the longest serving coach wasn't he when he was at Newell's but um, I think it's just slightly more ingrained problems yeah. In terms of the squad, so you don't think stuff. it might be the the players making making a bit of a bed for him? Oh, mm-hmm. just, just to throw it out there. Yeah. You'd never heard of that in Argentine football before. Um, River weren't bad though. Picked themselves up nicely from the San Lorenzo defeat the previous week. They were a lot more impressive than that. Admittedly, that's damning them with the faintest of praise. But David Trezeguet scored is how many is it now? Four goals in the first division. Um, for the King David. Frenchman. King David. It was um, it was an interesting choice uh, that. The Diaz duo, son and father, decided because obviously Ramon was was banned for the match as I watched it from the mm. um, from the stands, and his son Emiliano was was in charge. But so they decided made him victory as a as like a manager. Well, they were looking, yeah, yeah, they were looking very confident. I mean, I, I 
cynically tweeted that maybe the son was going to um, make a beeline for his dad's job. <laughs> but, uh, but no. Um, but the point is that they went with the same team that lost to San Lorenzo with very much with the point that, you know, go out there and prove it. And yeah, I mean, they were solid. There's still quite a few things that they're tweaking. Mauro Diaz didn't have a very good game. Now, apparently, yeah. he's going to be out for the next game, and Nicoda yeah. is going to have the yeah. other chance at number 10. But yeah, Mancini like should be returning the week after that, fingers crossed for yeah, the yeah, I mean, elbow that's been keeping him out. Hmm. <clears throat> okay. But, um, so yeah, it paid off. That All of this has to be tempered, though, as you've rightly said, Sam, with uh, Colomb's um, abysmal form. Yeah. But um, but still, nonetheless, you know, the point is, Will's back on, and um, and River, but the confidence at the club is, is really high. Yeah. Um, we um, we talked. I think after the first weekend, we talked about the new ball and how uh, there were plenty of long range screamers. Oh, we had a few so, of those. Well, we'll get so on to them in a second. But just a little segue. Uh, Leonardo Fonsio, who scored the second goal for the River, only scored it from about ten yards out um, across the face of goal. But apparently, when that hit the net, it was travelling at ninety nine point nine kilometres an hour. Yeah, <laughs> which is um, quite a lot harder than he needed to hit it as well, given the. <laughs> given, given how far he was from the goal making sure um, but three of these long range screamers all came in the same game it was the last one of the weekend mm-hmm. uh, I didn't catch it so gentlemen do you I want watched to it which one yeah. it was Dan? Um, yeah it was a massive game for Kilmer's uh, they had to win to go back go above Independiente and put uh, Independiente back in the relegation zone so if I hadn't made that clear Independiente are, <laughs> are now in the relegation zone so it's they're fine. one they're one of the three teams that if, help them. yeah they're one of the three teams that you know just to make this clear that if the league ended tomorrow they would be going down to the BNS so annoyed about this everyone still says like the radio all the radio announcers and everyone still talks about um, Descenso Directo yeah. Oh, guys, come on, come on! It's seven months now. It's just having it. That well, no playoffs. If you're a new yeah. listener, we should clarify that there used to be playoffs until last year for the the uh, third and fourth bottom teams in the Argentina's relegation table. And as of this season, there are none. It's just the bottom three go straight down. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Kilmes. Kilmes. Yeah, they played um, a very good game. Granted, the opposition was Argentinos, who are about as bad an opposition that you can play this year, maybe with the, the honourable exception of Colón. Um, and yeah I can't remember who scored the goals but all three were fantastic one the first one was like a you could probably say it was a long range chip for about from about 40 metres out that just Akobo Mancisha scored one I can't remember which one it was yeah. let's have a look well the first, first one, one was yeah. Sebastián Romero Romero the second yeah. one was Wilfredo Oliveira who Dan's going to tell us about the second kill let's go on the second and Akobo Mancisha scored the third there you go yeah the second was just an absolute bullet from from outside the area world, yeah out of this side and when, then when I saw it later on I thought that I was watching it in a picture that had kind of been squashed from yeah. widescreen into normal because it seemed to go up and down <laughs> yeah, so much you, you thought that's not that can't possibly be yeah and then the third which just about I think Kidman's were 2-0 up and Argentina's kind of looked like they might just grab something from it um, with goal from Matias Martinez expressing a course and then yeah um, Kilmer's just stepped up Mancisho lined up a beautiful free kick and gave uh, gave the keeper no chance and that was points in the bag for Kilmer's which meant that mm. I don't know if I mentioned it but they go above Independiente out of the relegation zone which means that Independiente now occupy the final relegation place 18th in the table and we should of course mention because I already did mention it that Racing were trying to help Independiente there was a lot of talk last week with Racing but, down whether yeah. you prefer Racing to lose or win against San Martín uh, if San Martín had won they would have leapfrogged Independiente but Racing got a very convincing 3-0 win away well yeah they didn't That's quite fair. manage to finish the game but it 
I think it's gonna go. Yeah, it's gone down as a win now. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna bother playing that last no. minute, which happened because they were um, it got called off because of stones being thrown onto the pitch, right? Uh, yes, yeah, stones in a big old bit of brick, which they showed. And interestingly, for the situation, there was they kind of showed pictures and video from from the terraces in San Martin. And there was at least three or four people in there wearing uh, Independiente shirts. Really? Yeah, in that you'll find them if you like write in Google on the Independiente Cancha de San Martin, something like that. All like up on the uh, Paravalanches, the uh, the crash rives. Oh yeah, because there's like a there's a very um, long set friendship between the two in Chas. <laughs> so yeah, that. that could be interesting. Yeah, there was another long range screamer in that one as well, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, uh, I'm sure you want to tell us about the kid who scored it, the Racing's third goal. Yeah, um, all three goals from Racing came from came from the pibes, the, the youngsters. Uh, Zuccolini scored the first one after um, a lovely team move converted across from this guy who I'm going to mention who scored the third goal then Vieto turned in a fairly, fairly scrappy second one but it was, it was well taken and then the third was another bullet which came off the inside of the post and just nestled in the net from a guy called uh, Rodrigo De Paul which I don't know where the, the surname comes from but it's, it's an interesting one Mm. And yeah, he's he's another um, another kid who's come off the assembly line. Um, fairly, you could say, similar to uh, to Centurion, but he's got a little bit probably more presence of mind. He's not as committed to just blasting past defenders. He'll, he'll look for the the short passes. He'll, he'll take it, you know, take a chance from distance. So. You'll probably correct me as well, but I can't remember personally seeing Centurion uh, shoot from that kind of distance either. No, his thing was always just. Run straight at the goal, yeah. Put like a the traction engine, so yeah, yeah. It was it well was around. a beautiful goal, and yeah. So just encouraging for Racing that this it was a pretty um, dead atmosphere around the club after after the Independiente loss, of course, and then the uh, nil-nil draw um, at home to Col- at home to Lanús, which now doesn't look like a particularly bad result since everyone else has lost to him. But yeah, the win, you know. Aside from all joking about how oh, we got to give San Martín the points, it was an absolutely vital win, and it was important to win uh, comprehensively as well. And the funny statistic from that um, that was the first after that game, the San Martín coach got fired. And why can't I remember his name? Gabriel Perrone. Perrone, that's it. And he's the third San Martín coach that Racing have fired in the since they came back up to the Primera oh so Racing are like San Martin's version of West Brom yeah there's the execution keep firing managers after losing to West Brom yeah Yeah. Ganero Sava and Barone have all fallen after defeats to Racing yeah it was was good for us now it's like really quite a tough match again against uh, Belgrano coming up on coming up on Sunday and so yeah it was good I don't think you can read too much into it but good to get some goals and awards and points and yeah, it's a little bit of a buzz, especially with with the kid who's just come in and scored. Yeah, it sort of came from nowhere. If you think that's a good statistic, I, I heard a cracking one yesterday. Nothing to do with Argentine football, but apparently Barcelona. Oh no, you're going to say it. Aren't Bar- you? Barcelona have played three matches in their entire history during papal congresses. They've won all three of them four now. Yeah, it's Madrid, Las Palmas, and, and Milan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I need a, for me, that's just taking stato. <laughs> You know, to just a whole different level. Yeah. That's what makes it so good, Joe. Uh, yeah. In my opinion. Imagine someone um, had to look that up. Like, why? <laughs> it was Mr. Chip, wasn't it? The uh, 
Spanish game. Ah, uh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Um, other notable results from the weekend. We had Estudiantes versus Newell's. Insane match. I only saw the first half of it. Heard about the second half afterwards. And yeah, I didn't see too much. I quite believe it. Um, Estudiantes took a 1-0 lead, then had it levelled with a, a fine goal from Paolo Cruzado for Newell's right before half-time. It was a nice goal, wasn't it? Duvan Zapata scored one with a, a tap in his second of the game. Actually, the first one was a penalty um, in like the first minute of the second half, which I did see, and then I left. And I got back to hear that Newell's won 4-2 um, <laughs> with Fabian uh, Munoz, Victor Figueroa, and then a penalty from Skoko near the end. Um, and Newell's have since followed that up with a very impressive 2-0 win against yeah. the Universidad de Chile yeah. in the Copa Libertadores. Now they top their group. In yeah, in the tightest group, group yeah. in the Libertadores as well. Um, they look like they're playing themselves back into form again. We said this, was it last week or the week before, that they looked, looked like they were finally clicking? Well, we um, recorded last week as they were losing to Universidad, right? Of course, yeah, yeah and after yeah. they beat from Belgrano, wasn't yeah. it? So, yeah, I think it might have been last week that we said it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough for them. We know it's going to be tough for them juggling the Copa and, and the local league. They want to do well in both. I mean, Martino, obviously, we said last week, I think, that he's not going to carry on after June, so he'll want to go out at least, you know, not saying he will get silverware, but he'll definitely want to go out with a proper title challenge. You know, since the, the two he's had so far, they kind of look good at the start, but kind of fell away. Or yeah, or or if not, like a good companion in the copper. So no, it's good. You know, we know when they're on form, they're probably in the top three teams in Argentina. So hopefully, they can keep it up and and keep on juggling the the two tournaments. Yeah, the danger is, isn't it? The last year, I mean, they really faded away. Yeah. And now that they're in two tournaments, yeah. then... You know, Without all, too all many the more, reinforcements. Exactly, all the more chance they'll do that. But but as you said, I mean, I mean, the win yesterday against um, Universidad Chile was just enormous mm. to, to get back on, on track in the Libertadores. So, um, so yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Friday night we had two 1-0 wins Belgrano at home to Vélez with Martin Zapata scoring a late winner for the second or third time in 2013 one of the two 89th minute as opposed to the 90th this time um, and Godoy Cruz got a 1-0 win away to Independiente which is why Independiente are in case you didn't hear Dan mentioning it earlier in the relegation zone yes that's um, true Alexis Castro scored that one in the 56th minute a very interesting game as well which mentioned for for fans of quarter best football, we've got a Clásico tonight. Of course we have. Verano yeah. against Tacheres in the Copa Argentina. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tacheres in the... Is it Primera? Cena dropped down to now. Argentina. Argentina. Yeah. Argentina, of course, yeah, because yeah. they're not affiliated. Yeah. Uh, which is equivalent to uh, Primera B, which is the third tier, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, against Belgrano. We'll yeah. see whether Belgrano will play their full team. I think they they were thinking of it. I think both teams are going to play kind of a mix. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. going to be interesting. Is that 10 o'clock? That kicks off? Yes. I Didn't they play pre-season and there was massive rock? Mm. Is that right? No, they played, they played like a triangular series, mm. I think, mm. between Bergerano Instituto well, then, well, and... Yeah, right, yeah. No, it passed off more or less without, without incident. Oh. Yeah. I remember Tacheres because very shortly after I... Can you imagine Cordovia's people fighting like... <laughs> the image doesn't look right. Very shortly after I started following Argentine football, Tacheres came up to the Primera. And I remember one of the first ever games I managed to catch a stream of online uh, was about five or six matches into their, their first run at the Primera and they were doing really well and they were top of the league. They made their um, Libertadores one year, right? They... I, I can't remember. Yeah. But they, I think they they were the, they're the last Cordoba team that played in their Libertadores. 
There's another fantastic stat for you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to bother checking that. That's true. Um, there was a great stat from the, um, the, the the ones what they call the ones to do in, in Spanish and in English on our oh, data no, foot Arab. Them oh. um, after independent again because because um, I know this is obviously very one-sided but um, <laughs> but they did to be fair to them they did hit, they hit the woodwork three times yeah. um, I've been nothing but objective so far Joe. <laughs> you're right the, you're the right. facts uh, you, as they are no, you're absolutely right the fact is that they are now <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they were pretty unlucky really not to at least get a point um, but the stats from data data football foot, foot, um, um, that's it it's, it's, um, it's data over their twitter handle is d-a-t-a-f-u-t-a-r-g if you want to follow them and you should they're yeah. fantastic yeah very good and anyway so full credit to them um, Independiente in five games yeah. have conceded just under 50 shots on goal Twen- I think 24 or 25 on target so you know when looking at kind of what's going wrong and everyone's like oh Tegla Farias missed that easy goal against Arsenal it's like well <laughs> it's actually it, it's the five sh- yeah. five shots on goal you take into account that Racing had about two in one game so although I mean you say <laughs> that this it, it, tells you what statistics can tell you even without we conceded that many goals Independiente have conceded one goal fewer than River Plate so far in the Torneo final wow. um, and they've got half the number of points so there you go statistics can prove anything but it's yeah. certainly true that Independiente are crap at the moment um, we yeah, have subjective so. there two, <laughs> well possibly sorry yeah. um, Godoy Cruz however deserve a mention Martin Palermo started yeah. fantastically as a manager it turns yeah. out he's not as much of an idiot as we all thought he was after all no well, I speak, always had speak for yourself I have a feeling he takes a management but it is funny that funny invert you know that uh, Palermo and Barrosquilotto are first and third, third and first respectively, and Boca are what, 15th or yeah. something? Um, obviously, the Bianchi boys aren't doing the master. It's true. And so far, early, early stage. I'm going to see who's, who's best this weekend because Lanus visit Mendoza this Ooh. weekend. Ooh. That's going to be a fantastic game. I hear there's, um, there's a dinner at stake between the two of them. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. The and it's going to be the first match of 2013 in the Primera that's going to kick off at 2 pm. We're out of the summer timetable now. No longer no matches. Are you awake by that time? Uh, just about, yeah. Okay. Although, being a Sunday, it might depend whether I go out on Saturday night. <laughs> right, um, but yeah, I, I normally drag myself up for football if, if there is some on television. Uh, there are two more games that we've not mentioned yet in the Primera. First of all, the new Pope, uh, his team were in action before he became the new Pope, of course. Um, so you can bless on, him. was it? No, oh, 10th, that's Sunday, isn't it? Yes. Uh, at home to Tigre. They were not quite as impressive as they have been the previous week against River Plate. They lost mm-hmm. 1-0 to a debatable penalty. Actually, there are debatable penalties in both of the matches we're going to talk about. Um, Ruben Botta had a shot which hit somebody or other in the chest and the referee flagged it for handball. Uh, Botta scored the penalty. The sounds of it, though, is nothing less than Botta deserved. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't watch the game, but I've heard everyone you know, just raving about this kid. He's yeah, he was fantastic. Wasn't he signed for interns? It's oh, a, a big, big rumour. Yeah. rumour, and then yeah. and they, they keep changing it, don't they? At one point it was going to be Monday and Tuesday, and now Friday. Well, TSA, Studio Football today on TSA announced that it had been done. Right. Um, yeah. And that would be a free transfer, right? Yeah. yeah. It would be. yeah. Terrible yeah. business for TSA. Oh, just, just. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, ridiculous. Disastrous. Oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure we're going to have some Inter fans listening and curious to know what he's like. Incredibly quick feet in the box. Um, I, I just love watching him. Yeah, he's yeah. just a real talent. Um, and but just, just I think more fatigue. It's just it's just dreadful. It's all I kind of done it with Rodrigo Bataglia as well. Yeah. They've just I mean it's just dreadful bit of business. 
Mm-hmm. It's they're just missing out on I mean minimum like five four million dollars. Oh, easy. If it's going to Inter, you know, yeah, you can put that in euros. That seven million, six million. Yeah, that's. for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Very fast though. Quick thinker, quick feet. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons really Tigre, I think, moved through right through Americano. Yeah, he's dragged them yeah. through the last year basically. When everyone else, you know, they lost Morales, they lost Martinez, um, Luna, like all these players that kind of brought them to the edge of the title and it looked like they're absolutely down at, you know down on their down on their heels but Botha just came up you know he's a, I mean he's not we can say he's not a kid a kid 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 he's like what yeah, 23 right so he's kind of had a bit of a tough career from now he got kind of bounced out of Boca's Boca's um, youth team I think at the Quinta mm-hmm. so like what under 16s yeah. around that stage so he's, he, he's 23 at a month yeah, yeah. And then, kind of in Tigre, he <clears throat> took a long time to make his mark. He wasn't particularly wanted there. Then, obviously, Morales came in and kind of had the number ten jersey down. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a hard slog for him. But you know, since he's come into the team, he's just made himself absolutely indispensable. One of my the favourite goal that I've seen from him so far was uh, one. I think it was in the Sudamericana in one of the early rounds last year. He, he took down a high cross and just. Uh, took it down into his feet had a couple of men around him and just embarrassed both of them I mean he only actually carried the ball about five yards before shooting the, both of his marks <coughs> ended up on their asses uh, it, was, it was just fantastic yeah, um, the, the one other match that we have to mention we've been saving the best maybe funniest at least um, until last Atletico Rafaela uh, who went took a lead against Boca Juniors 1-0 with a very very dodgy penalty um, or at least a very confusing penalty it seemed initially to be given for a handball that clearly wasn't no, handball and then no. it turned out it was given for the tackle that came yeah, right absolutely. after it um, Boca uh, Santiago Silva missed a penalty which really was a bit iffy he's been dropped um, hasn't he smacked it onto the crossbar I'm not surprised he's really been off on this more, more than probably yeah. um, and then Nicolas Blandi got the equaliser for Boca with 8 minutes to go deserved draw for Boca I mean we've been sick in the boot into them quite, quite a lot this, this year um, again, they, again, they certainly deserved yourself. it as well last, <laughs> last Thursday they, they certainly deserved it we, since we were last recorded they've played two matches they lost 1-0 at home to Nacional in a match in which they had something like 64% of the possession yeah they were unlucky then and fucked up again with a completely free header from a corner to concede the only goal of the game so mm-hmm. Andres Scotty um, yeah it shouldn't happen in no, the much 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 improved performance the way to, uh, to Rafaela well, I think Blandy is really important I don't know quite what it is, but he's never really been had much of a chance. No, to but every time he plays, himself. he seems to pop up and score. Always scores. Always. Always scores, yeah. and he's very complete. You know, yeah. yeah. Rafaela as well. He scored. Was it two or three last time they played the Rafaela? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. there was a couple. No, oh, yeah, that's right. But he's um, yeah, very complete, good in the air, reasonable pace, mm. good runs, and, and he's a good finisher. So I don't really get why why he hasn't. There's something obviously going on there. But anyway, um, but as you said, I mean, rather than silver, I mean, he you know saves the uh, the blushes. <laughs> Right, on Sunday yes. night. Indeed. Um, well, I did have a tweet right after that Boca game, actually, from Ed Malian, uh, who uh, asked me to, to point out a statistic that, again, data for Argentina um, have uh, tweeted right after the game, which is that in these first five rounds of the torneo final, uh, Boca have had on average more possession than any other team. Mm-hmm. Which just, again, goes to show it's not necessarily what you do with the ball. Oh, right. um, that is what you do with the ball it's not having the ball well yeah sorry you're right it's not how much ball you have it's what you do with the possession you've got because Boca's 16th they've won one game drawn two lost two conceded eight goals 
and a lot of those goals as I say seem to be coming yeah, from Charles Mafia set pieces nothing more than that they'll be fine they'll be fine it's Boca it's Bianchi they'll be yeah. fine <laughs> we heard any rumours at all about Bianchi maybe coming under pressure I got asked no, this question no, 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 no. I think he's going to get at least a couple more rounds than no a couple more rounds than that I mean a couple more rounds than another manager in his position would get he, you'll get the benefit oh of yeah of course no, absolutely. no I mean I think that so especially on they say one of the journalists is like it's really going for Bianchi oh, really? and just kind of saying well yeah it's not good enough that of course he was successful but it's what he does now it's like well he's inherited um, a team that everyone agrees was terrible by the end of Fabricione's mm. um, time right yeah. and he, in, in the transfer window in the transfer window where he's only allowed to bring in two I think they managed to bring in three I'm not quite mm. sure how but because they had somebody with a with a leg break which meant they were out for the whole final which gives them another that's right slot to same as, same as right. yeah okay so to the point is you can't completely renovate the squad for this season no of course and you know he's, he's inherited a, a situation that there are problems within the squad over like the whole Raquel May returning um, debate and issue so you know it's, it's not good but as I said I'm sure they'll be fine by the end of the season mm-hmm. Do we think they're going to get out of the group stage in the Libertadores? They've got a big Libertadores game on Thursday night, yeah, which obviously for those, of you, for those of you getting early, will be the night that I, I upload this podcast, because um, we're recording on Wednesday this week. Um, away to Nacional, the revenge, I guess, the, the revenge yeah. for the... I mean, Newell's did it, right? Lost at home to Universidad mm-hmm. Chile, yeah. and then went away and, and got the, all the points there, so it's perfect deal. And I wasn't that impressed with, with Nacional. Uh, to be honest, the other no. night, I think. Um, it was funny that they left. Uh, no, yeah. It was funny that they left though um, Recoba and Abreu right from the bench. The thing yeah, is, I thought this, they, they certainly sat back, got very lucky getting the goal, and, and were definitely trying not to lose rather than to win. But bear in mind that they'd sat the manager three or four days before the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, what did you want them to do? Almost not you. Yeah. Personally. I mean, you know. Well, what did you want? <laughs> what did you want? Um, if I got that call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they never turn to you mate standings, standings at the moment Nacional can't be overtaken by Boca even if Boca do win on Thursday they've got 7 points Toluca have 4 uh, Boca third with 3 points and Barcelona of Ecuador have 2 points everybody's played 3 games in that group so we've still got 9 points to play for it's, it's up in the air it's not quite as tight as the Newell's group which is ridiculous uh, 2 teams on 6 points 2 teams on 4 points with the 2 on 4 having a game in hand over the other 2 I think they're playing tonight, actually. Uh, Olympia and Deportivo Lara. That's going to be interesting. Um, anything else to round up from the weekend, guys? Any juicy violence? We heard anything. Have you, have you seen the video? Are you the talking about Hugo Barrientos breaking you, defender? Yeah, because oh, that's an amazing story. That was ages ago, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Two but weeks ago, nobody found out about it. Oh, astonishing. Hugo Barrientos, who, of course, as everyone remembers, um, the... Uh, the butcher of yeah. um, Gio. Gio's assassin. To call him, to call him the Roy Keane of the Argentine League would be doing an enormous disservice to Roy Keane. Um, yeah, yeah, he's just not, not anyway. Utter, utter yeah. filth. Yeah, Matt, no, we've got to talk about the violence thing, like, hey, like it, it really reminds me of the video. Who I'm sure, bear with me for a moment, but do you remember the LA riots and the the, the yeah. driver who was pulled out of his yeah. van and then just you know beaten up and stuff. it was that kind of scene it was just I mean literally traffic stopped Colón uh, I think this one of their buses the river. Mm. yeah they're on the motorway yeah. just the the, the orbital <coughs> of Buenos Aires if you like the Henry Bass ironically general peace um, and the, the, the bus just kind of stopped in the diagonal sense of completely cut off yeah. the entire side of, of that mo- of that side of the motorway yeah. fans got down 
rocks started flying. Anyway, it all ended up with... So again, from, from the photo, I've not seen the video, but from the photo that I've seen, it's, we're not talking like a, a team, a fans team bus, it's a public transport. Yeah. Bondi, is it? Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it's nice. just one of those scenarios and situations where, I mean, you know, just people, you know, onlookers yeah. trying to get away or stop and have a look. Anyway, you know, there were three... I think I think it was two in the end. There was reports that it was three. I think it was only two River Plate sports who were stabbed, yeah. had to go to the hospital, and obviously nothing happens. No one talks about it. Everyone just gets on, you know, yeah. getting about get on with the football. Right? That's all the all the yeah. matters. You know, so we should say that, people's yeah. lives. So we should say that they did have like an an emergency meeting in the AFA yesterday. Yeah, well, well, exactly. Exactly. Come down past. in itself is is quite um, quite a feat, you know. The the idea was floated of banning away uh, away fans. From Premier and DVC on matches, yeah. which has been announced today, I think that that's not going to be one. Don't think it's no, but they're, but they're pretty hard. Anyway. Something like two of the uh, there, there have been loads of incidents already in 2013, and something like two of them have actually involved away fans. The others have all been it's all home fans on home fans or internal batter and brava. Well, in, in the lower leagues, they do it, don't they? They've done it for a while since uh, Marcelo yeah. Sechas, the dealer yeah. support, was killed. Um, until River went down, of course. When until River went down, exactly. Because yeah. I mean, you know, ultimately it's all about selling tickets, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, so um, and Nueva Chicago, who were the supporters who killed Marcelo Secas back in I think 2006, are exactly the example of why um, this, this this measure just doesn't do anything. Because uh, Nueva Chicago had one of the worst intern internal issues with their right. Bravas. You you wrote a piece for it last year on West Saturday Comes, John, for indeed. the benefit of those who didn't. This, but, uh, who yeah, read it? Do you want to just outline? Yeah, really just quick? very quickly very because I mean, I mean, it's just, uh, and actually, this points to also the other issue. You know, Bok and River have got really very serious bad about problems, which is understandable because they move a lot of money. There's a lot yeah. of ticket touting, what have you gone? Yeah. No, Chicago really isn't in that situation at all. But nonetheless, <laughs> they still have the issue because there's political influence, and the North Chicago Barra, one section of them, and the historical group, Barra, were are very closely linked with the, with Macri's Pro, Ritondo, um, is, is, was, has them yeah. as part of their sort of, one of their arms to kind of get, you know, yeah. feet on the streets for, for their demonstrations and everything. And, but North Chicago reached the point where in Argentina you have to you have to wait 45 minutes, the home fans wait 45 yeah. minutes to leave. In North Chicago they had to wait this is so that the away with, fans can get away. So the away fans can get away. Yeah. So without any away fans, Norchigawa had to let one. They had three three stands uh, yeah. with, with supporters, and they have to let all three of them out separately to avoid clashes after games. But this so they had two barabras at one end, each end of the stadium, and in the the latter the lateral side, the uh, the other stand, you had the the socios who were really angry with all of them, and hated the two barabras because they were just ruining the club. Yeah. And this all ended with a murder on club premises and, and an escalation. They then tried to, to turn it around. Yeah, that could carry on, but just for for now, we'll just leave it there. But this is proof yeah. that first of all, it's all internal, and secondly, banning away supporters just doesn't no. resolve this at all. Well, this happened in Merlo as well. Right. They kind of gave mm. one stand to one barra and the other to. They were brothers, right? Rival, yeah. Are those the they brothers? Might well have been brothers as well, yeah. Just to make it even more Romeo and Juliet. Well, because one, yeah, I think one of the brothers. Um, but yeah, it must be Melo. And um, yeah, the brothers were fighting over the yeah. leadership of the battle. Yeah. And it reached sort of knives and guns and so. Of course, now that the Pope is Argentine, peace is going to descend on Argentina and we're not going to be talking about this anymore. Hand the pod will become a much less interesting but much happier podcast yeah. to listen to. Um, so tune in next week. Anyway, so they have agreed, though, Alpha, right? Just very quickly. They have agreed on a new measure, which is that if it's the home supporters yeah. causing problems, 
there'll be no supporters allowed in the next game that they're home for yeah. and if it's the away supporters they won't be able to travel right. for the next game I'm so just interested in how this is going to be applied the, depending on the, the clubs so where they draw absolutely. the line of trouble or well a brilliant La Nation went straight forward and said well hang on what happens if River or Boca are banned for the Super Classico yeah exactly it's going to be very interesting to see if they, they follow through on that. So yeah, I just looked up the AFA's press release while you were talking, and yes, you're exactly right. That, that is what they've announced today. Oh, thank you. Well done. Well done. <laughs> they've also, uh, I've just seen the message from the AFA on the announcement of the new Pope. Mr. Julio Humberto Grandona, in the name of the executive committee and in all of the footballing family of the country, wishes to send a saludo, uh, greetings, uh, con... What's... Alboroso. Do you know that word? Oof, don't know. Don't? But that's a Spanish word we don't know. Gushing. Probably something yes, like that. Yes, it'll be something like that, won't it? Yeah. Um, and emotion on the designation of the Archbishop of Buenos Aires, Jorge Bergoglio, as the new pontifical summit of the Catholic Church. Pope. The big man. The big man. I mean, this uh, is yeah. why you don't get anybody who just translate <laughs> right off the cuff. That's why it's a highly paid job. Uh, I was really hoping Brondano would come out and send a statement kind of congratulating the second most important man in Argentina. Yes. Like yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thinking that our, 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 <laughs> our listenership could easily dwindle now because, of course, Messi and Maradona are no longer the two most famous Argentines. We might have to uh, right. find a way of levering the Pope into every... Every podcast. Well, he's a, a San Lorenzo socio, like he is. Yeah. just going up. I think San Lorenzo, the official Twitter, posted a picture of his active mm. socio card. Yeah, yeah. He's, but he's only been um, he's only been a member since two thousand and eight, <laughs> and he's about one hundred and fifty. So I don't know what he's been doing. Yes. Well, I mean, now Vigo Vigo Mortensen isn't San Lorenzo's most famous. No, or Tinelli is Tinelli either. Yeah, Tinelli's not really known out. Yeah. Well, Mariano as well. Yeah. yeah. Should have uh, would have been brilliant to get Mariano on. Well we'll try and get you a Pope fact each week. Yeah. Uh, from now on every time that we mention San Lorenzo. We could do things like his debut, you know, big biggest goleada as 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 uh, in Germany. Yeah, yeah. You know. Apparently his dad played for San Lorenzo's basketball team in the fifties yeah. or something. Good stuff. He does he does travel by underground, probably not anymore. No, no. probably not after today. He gets a little pub car, right? Like the yeah, weird one, yeah, the little right, bulletproof right, yeah. yeah, right. The Pope Mobile. Yeah, the Pope Mobile, that's right. Brilliant. I'd still get rugged in that. Anyway, um, I think we're going to play some music now and, and answer some of your listeners' questions. So I'm going to make me a refill of Fernet because Dan and I are both finishing at the same time. Uh, Joel's on Mate today because he. Um, Upset Tommy yesterday. Indeed. Love. Indeed. Don't worry, Joe. We'll look after you. Um, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with your questions. We're going to whip through these pretty quickly because uh, English Jan is off to play football after this um, on a couple of blasters of Fernet, which could be interesting to watch. Uh, but Maradona that. Yes. Uh, Craig Clark asks, are there any other South American football podcasts worth listening to? Because La Celeste, the Uruguayan one we mentioned a few months ago, appears to have disappeared. Uh, the first one that comes to my mind is the Colombian football podcast, which is six episodes old. Um, their Twitter is... Hang on, I'll follow them by a hand of pod. I was, gonna, I was trying to remember this, but I can't. 
um, something like Cole Football I think it's Pod. Cole Football Pod, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to double check that, let's see. Yeah, Cole, uh, C-O-L and then Football in English, followed by Pod in English or Spanish, I suppose, in the way. It's the same anyway, isn't it? Um, that's the first one that we can think of, and indeed the last one, just off the top of our heads. I'm guessing the Chief Voice. Yeah, the Chief Voice stops, right? Oh, you're right, yeah. The is there, is there right. <laughs> um, some of the guys doing a chilly one? Or is that just a website? I'm not sure about the chilly one. If they are, then they're, they're not following us on Twitter yet, and they should um, be. In which right. case, they can't no, exist. If you're listening and you want next, to chill out, you have to be following us the pod on Twitter to get a pod. Uh, what else have we got? Let's see. Uh, I found myself... Uh, <laughs> Phil Carnias. I found myself comparing Lanús to Atletico Madrid this season. Do you think it's a fair comparison? I'm going to say no, because they're no. top. No. Um, then I fuck up. Just in... I mean... I, I don't know what the comparison's based on, but it's difficult. I, I find it difficult to find the comparisons. Sort of historically... You questioned the wording of a particular tweet. No, I'm just saying the, well, the right. listeners, please, if you're going to tweet questions <laughs> in the future, do them over three or four tweets with very well, carefully no, words, no. otherwise Joel will complain. No, you have to give a, a reason for why you're comparing them, right? Yeah, you can't just throw it out. So if it's the style of football, maybe, maybe. But I mean, otherwise, it's, 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 it's difficult to compare. That's all I'm saying. It's Silvio Romero, the next runabout for Carl Garcia. That's all he wants to know. This is, this is basically what we're saying here. Yeah. Mm. yeah, probably. There we go. wonder whether Romero's happy about the new Pope. Uh, not Romero, sorry, uh, Falcao. Falcao? Quite a vocal Catholic from his, his Twitter. Is he Catholic or is he evangelist? Oh, he might be evangelist. Uh, yeah, I think he's evangelist. evangelist. Right. One of those yeah. evangelists. Yeah, I think he is. I'm angry, so I just think of everything that's not Protestant as just... I'd like to hear um, Teo Gutierrez's... Um, uh, I bet, I bet Theo's got <laughs> things to say about it. Yeah, yeah. He's very devout. Yeah, is he? Christian. Yeah. He always said he dedicated every goal he scored in wrestling to his grandmother. All, yeah. all gun toting strikers are very devout Christians. Well, yeah. Surely. Same as rap stars, everything yeah. like that. Teo, Pastino Espria, Maradona. Very true, very true. Yeah, yeah deeply religious, man. Anyway, I'd be more than happy to uh, develop the Lanús Atletico, you know, with a bit more. Sorry, sorry, I'm being. Yeah, ask, ask us again next week for to give us a bit more detail. Uh, Tom Robinson asks, Joel, don't suppose you've got a link to the Mario Regueiro interview that you mentioned on Hand of Pod the other week? Oh, I've already answered this one, actually. Okay. Uh, the answer's no. Um, but I'm fairly sure just Regueiro, Barrasqueloto, Google will find it. That's the audio equivalent of just going to let me Google that for you.com and sending somebody the link. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joel's on top form tonight. Very I, think, I think, to be fair. He's um, a bit poorly and he's, uh, he's a bit grouchy, I think. Well, yeah. He's up on too many. An hour and 20. Yeah, no, I'm right. I won't talk about the, the public transport. But um, <laughs> to be fair, I think we dissected the interview pretty, yeah, we, we pretty thoroughly. So, anyway. If you didn't get the gist from what we said, then you'll never. I answered this like three days ago, anyway, so. I'm sure he's found it by now. Lovely. Um, Adam asks, how is he smiling blank or mean? Uh, Adam runs a, he's E-G-Y-F-T on Twitter and he runs a, an Egyptian football uh, news Twitter feed. And the reason that he's asking, he yeah, says he's right. seen a few videos of him scoring but he hasn't been following properly. And apparently Blanco is eligible for the Egyptian national team. Yeah, that's right. I, I, which I was not, has, has he played? Uh, someone tweeted me this and, and I, I apologise if they're listening for not answering but I wasn't, I was on holiday and uh, 
and just didn't see it. I saw it late yeah. and thought that you know missed that he's, he's But I've heard this, yeah. Now, he's scored. He's got two yeah. in the first five rounds. Yeah, um, and I remember saying when they signed him, it would be interesting for six. He'd scored something like two in about twenty-five games for his previous club. Mm. Um, so he's doing five times better than he was for his last team. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's been good apart yeah. from that. Even the matches he's not scored in, he's been, you know. Yeah, very, very busy in the in the box, like unsettles defences. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, all of Lemus's attack have been impeccable this year. Mm. On what can you say? Uh, we have one question via email from regular listener Lee Bartlett. Hello, Lee. Uh, who I meet up with when he's in Buenos Aires, roughly once a year. Uh, Does he say he's a regular listener or? No, he is. He is a regular <laughs> listener. He's, he's proven it to me in conversation. How, how has he proved that? I'd hate to be by, by mentioning know, duped by a far more of Hand of Pods history joke. than I can remember myself. Mm, um, and he asked, he asked how is <laughs> he's a massive stadium hopper the first time I met up with him I met him on the Sunday evening and he'd arrived on Friday afternoon when I met him on the Sunday he'd been to all or part of about eight matches or something stupid in is, all divisions is, is he, he, he been to every single Primera Grand except for Rafaelis so um, there's something to uh, is he uh, part of the official hopper because there's a, there's a, it's a problem no no cult, he's, he's, I don't think he's one of them he's not that no. early but uh, he's a lovely man and what he's asking is how is Estudiantes new stadium coming along and when is it likely to be finished have either of you been down to La Plata recently ah. well hang on you're talking about Estudiantes not 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 Nico, the, right? but the no exactly new, Estudiantes new yeah, stadium hasn't, hasn't started they very ambitiously want it done by 2016 um, they're looking for finance they've got quite a bit of the finance already sorted I mean to be honest why but like, exactly why? why I mean there is the I guess I don't know how big I think that they were planning on sort of 35 40,000 yeah. capacity I think which Sierra de Campeones it was going to be called the land of champions well that's fair enough slightly cringeworthy name but okay well yeah. you know few other clubs have got better oh no I realise I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying they haven't earned it I'm just saying it's a bit of a sort of skin crawling move yeah. I think it's tricky for I mean obviously a lot of public money has been ploughed into the Estadio Unico already yeah. so I think it would be tricky for them to, to get their hands on too much public funding so I mean yeah. I think it's a bit of an uphill plus task. everyone knows the best stadium in La Plata is El Bosque <laughs> hands down it's <laughs> a great stadium yeah it is great it is fantastic yeah. I, think and also though, as well. I mean seriously speaking um, although it's it, <laughs> but El Unico is, is a fantastic stadium yeah. I mean, it's about the pitch. The, yeah, the pitch is a problem, but the new pitch is always problems yeah. on stadiums. Mm. Wembley's was rubbish as well because they never because they always think, oh, sure, well, this new. is great, it's really beautiful. And you're all these people, like, well, hang on, they've actually got to play on grass here. Yeah, they forget that grass needs yeah, light. Yeah. yeah, But you say new, but I mean, they, they opened the, the Estadio Olímpico originally in 2004 or something, and then reopened it in 2010. For the, Copa America, for the 2011th Copa bad. America and I had to relay yeah. the pitch about three times before the Copa America and it was still shit when we were I mean you obviously didn't get to any games in La Plata John, because you were in Mendoza I was in Mendoza all of us who were going to games in La Plata were just seeing it up close I was shocking. in Mendoza reading all the everyone <laughs> who was in La Plata tweets about how cold it was, was like, oh. oh my god it was, it was freezing it wasn't so much that it was particularly cold it was no. the press room was colder than outdoors well, yeah, no, it was sure absolutely you, bitter I was typing in gloves the San Juan Stadium was pretty cold as yeah. well. Having, having been in Mendoza in winter last year, I can believe you actually. It was, it was um, yeah, it was painfully yeah. cold. Anyway, we've got a quickly. Anyway. I've still got to do Mystic Sam before we leave as well. So here we go. Yeah. Joshua Hanikman, uh, who runs the Sports Rabbi, a radio show in Israel, which I have appeared on. Hello, Joshua. Um, asks, how would you compare the Argentine league to MLS in terms of players, player quality, fan passion, and overall structure? Joel, that's a, a very particular in how he wants the comparison there. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, fair play to Joshua. <laughs> you got to answer that one, mate. I do, don't know. Um, well, 
<laughs> can I can I um, bail out on this one saying that I don't really know much about MLS? No, I mean, doesn't I mean, what, what I do know is, is um, obviously, I mean, vastly different structure in terms of history and and, then, mm. and, then, and the culture. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the figures are, but from what I understand... It might be the only football league in the world which has got a more silly structure than the Argentine one. At least in terms of the Americans American are having separate relegation and yeah. everyone's having the playoffs. Well, they, they don't have relegation. That is pretty silly. Uh, I think the standard's definitely better, right? In Argentina or anywhere else? Yeah, it's got to be here. I would say so. Do you think yeah. people like yeah. Schilotto and uh, Valerie have all gone to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to the US? Apparently Valerie's a six-month loan, which I didn't yeah. realise when I first mentioned it. Did you see his yeah. first goal, by the way, for Portland? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Look it up. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing, though, yeah. that kind of player, Valerie going, is a sign that I'd say they're kind of starting to attract a bit more of a middle yeah. class, right? I'm going to correct both yeah. myself and Joel, but Valerie, of course, Valerie. not Valerie, but... Carry on. Anyway. Val, right? Val. <laughs> yeah. He, um, but I suppose that is a kind of, as I said, middle class, because beforehand, you know, we talked like Juan Pablo Ancel, Henri, Barcelotto, these are like, you know, yeah. top class players at the end of their career. And now players like Val going up yeah. um, mean it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's you know, sort of filling out with a bit more, bit more quality around, right? Well, like, but, talking, um, yeah, talking about the fans as well, because I think that was part of the, part of the question. I did see one story, I think it came out in Argentine media actually, about the MLS, which, which made me smile. And it was kind of the, the MLS cracking down on kind of fans' misbehaviour, saying they, they couldn't swear at players in the stadium. Yeah. And given everything we go through here, yeah. I couldn't help thinking, uh, I've, I've had a, <laughs> it's, it's a different word. I've, I've had a, been exchanging emails with the uh, editors of Howler, the new US magazine uh, which I've already written a couple of pieces for they'd like me to contribute something to an issue fairly soon on uh, fan chants in Argentine stadia translating them into English um, and I'm going to have to inform them when I get home this evening that they're going to need to take off the suitable for all of the family sticker that they I'm sure Doug puts on their magazine anyway um, if they want Argentine chants uh, translating into English especially for an American audience could be Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's some spicy, some spicy chants out there. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Um, El Pida asks uh, for a comment on the Papa Cuervo, the the Cuervo Pope, San Lorenzo supporting. Co- I think we've had enough of those already. Obviously, she didn't know that when when she was asking. Yeah. Uh, but we've we've done quite a few. We yeah. Yeah. There's the Pope and he's a San Lorenzo member. Hopefully, we've given you enough already, El Pida. Uh, Jamie McGregor asks, do the panel think that Messi could do it against Stoke on a wet Wednesday night? Yes. Yeah, probably. That's my answer. Joe? Yeah. I don't think he could do it against San Martín on a, on a cold... No. Well, in, in the words of Ricardo Caruso Lombardi, yeah. who is close to taking over Argentinos Juniors, if Segura doesn't, doesn't get Bici Borghi... There's another poke joke here about Caruso Lombardi being and a yeah, massive there smoke is, seller. There is. Smoke coming out of Le Pato Magno. There it is. There, there is the joke in, in all its glory. There we go. That's um, the joke we're missing. But he did, in one of the gazillion interviews that he, he gives um, whenever he's you know he's on, on form he did say um, no I mean I want to see Messi on the pitch at Al Boys and see if he can do it that's so the nearest equivalent it is, it's, it's a direct that's translation yeah. of Andy Gray's Andy Gray's can he do it on a wet night yeah. in, in Stoke is can you do it on the pitch yeah. at All Boys but you could you do it with Barrientos trying to break your legs that's, well, the, that's no. the question this, this is the thing he said sessions. the other day didn't he, he said, Messi that's said he's going to finish his career at Newell's yeah, yeah. And uh, seriously, I mean, he gets kicked enough as it is in in <laughs> Europe. What's it going to be like when oh, he comes back? So much less protection as well. <sighs> the thing is, by the time he comes back, he's going to be basically a living god. A number five. 
I mean, the, yeah, but also, I mean, so many Argentines are not players are not going to go as near to him as they like to others because he's Lionel Messi. You might get the odd absolute I'm already nervous about what it's going to be. Maybe you get the odd absolute nutjob who wants to be the man who finishes Messi's career. Yeah, some yeah. Uruguayan yeah. hard man or something. <laughs> that's, so, that's so racist. <laughs> <laughs> No basis for that. Wasn't I'm merely, I'm merely living, <laughs> I'm merely feeling into the stereotype of Uruguayan hatchet man, which they're brilliant. very proud of and yeah. have been for decades. We've well, just established it. that Hugo Barrientos is, is the dirtiest player yeah. around, right? In and the he's, world, he's very much. Man, There's man. no Uruguayan who can top Yeah. Sorry, Uruguay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, sorry. In answer, uh, Jamie. All three of us are saying yes. Uh, I'm from, I'm from close to Bristol. Dan's from near Brighton, but Joel is from Stoke, so you've got the most authoritative. Well, yeah, I mean, possible. You know, technically speaking, I am. <laughs> Didn't grow up there, as you can tell by the accent. Yeah, Joel, Joel's from Stoke in the same way that I'm from Gloucester, in that we were born there, but don't know it at all. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm from Stoke in the same way that Trezeguet and, and indeed, well, no, not Trezeguet, that's completely wrong. Iwain is from France. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is the same way that I'm from Gloucester. We're up a full sixty miles away from it. So, so there we go. Ne- next feature reference to is, <laughs> yeah. is Sam Kelly from Gloucester. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Kelly is from Gloucester. Doug Mulligan asks: Now that there's an Argentine pope, is there? I don't think we've mentioned it yet. Um, the World Cup in 2014 is a certainty, right? Yes. Doug, in in saying that, is unwittingly repeating what every single Argentine person who's got access to Twitter has been saying. Well, it's the first battle months. because there was a Brazilian <coughs> cardinal up for yeah. the job as well, and yeah. the Argentines beat him out. So it's got to be a good omen, right? People have been saying they've got Maradona, who's God, and Messi is the Messiah, Messias in yeah. Spanish, um, and now they've got the Argentine Pope as well. So it's, yeah. it's fate and all of that. It's a holy trinity. But I had one guy before 2010 World Cup tell me that Argentina <laughs> were definitely going to win it because it was 2010. And they have Maradona managing them. <laughs> Amazing. So no further comment. Uh, Neil Amazing. Neil Dorgano asks. Uh, I apologise if I've just mangled your surname. Asks what happened to Ibarra, the old Boca right back? Do we know? Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. We know because he was very close to coming back a week ago. Right. He um, he's he's working with the Boca youth team. So uh, he was uh, part yeah. of Daniel Angelisi's. Uh, um, campaign for presidency. List, yeah. yeah, he was part of the list, and he's he's sort of in a overseeing managerial role with the youth teams. But um, but he did play a reserve game last week. And How old is he? From, he's, he's only about thirty-eight. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah for Boca, I guess that's pretty young with Palermo, <laughs> Gialli, like, they, they keep him going. They keep him going. Yeah, yeah, but no, so he's um, but he's very important. He's very um, part of the backroom staff, as I said. At, at What's Boca. the point? What's happened with Battaglia? He retired. He retired. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. he is also going to take on yeah, the job. Yeah, he's about what twenty six or something, isn't he? Twenty nine. Knee cast surgery injuries. Yeah, he's sorry, you're right. Twenty six yeah. is massively underestimating. He's one of the most decorated players in Boca's history. It's I think he's the, the yeah. most decorated, isn't he? And Barrascolotto, I think, is just behind him. Yeah. He um, retired. We have, he retired. <laughs> <laughs> we have one more question, which is from Charlie Rose. He asks, "Is time?" All that Bianchi needs to shore up Boca's defensive troubles. Do they have the depth to compete in the Clausura and the Coppa? I think we've kind of answered that one already tonight. Um, yeah. And I'm going to say really quickly, in order, yes and no. Anybody disagree with us? Yes and no. Yeah. I, I agree. Excellent. Cool. You've got the questions, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> we will be many to remember. <laughs> no, we no, I, be, I agree. We'll be back in about 25, 30 seconds' time, and I will tell you what to bet all of your pocket money on this weekend. Don't go away.
Mystic Sam this week is predicting a home win for Tigre against Union, of course, because they're playing Union. Uh, Colon versus the the new Pope's team. Uh, I think it's going to be a draw. I might have to rewrite that one now. We've got divine intervention on there. So uh, Independiente is going to draw away to Quilmes in the weekend's big relegation clash. The Clásico Maradoniana, Boca Juniors versus Argentinos Juniors, which is not a real Clásico. Um, Argentinos, I think, are going to get a draw against Boca, who've got Libertadores action on Thursday, of course. Racing to get a home win against Belgrano. I apologise again to English term. What did you say for San Martin? Uh I think I said a Racing win. Huh? Yeah, I did say a Racing win. It was yeah, three. I got right last week. I think or four. Um, three, right? Out. Either either three or four last <laughs> week. I can't remember. Who um, <laughs> says this for a living? Shut up. Thank you very much. I love you as well, John. Uh, Godoy Cruz versus Lanus, two of the form sides, believe to also get a draw. Newells and River to draw. Um, <laughs> God, I'm doing this a lot. All Boys versus Rafaela to be a draw. It's almost as if I can't call anything this week, isn't it? Um, Arsenal to beat San Martin in spite of their Libertadores uh, involvement on Thursday evening. That's your lot. Uh, that, that's all of Mystic Sam's predictions. I think we've covered everything that we have to cover, unless either of you have got anything to add just at the last minute. Just um, a note that Kilmes play in the Peniente next weekend, and if Kilmes win again, the Peniente will indeed stay in the bottom three. <laughs> and if it's a drawdown, what happens then? then? Interesting. I think they'll stay in the bottom three. Yeah, we're must do. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Excellent. So, yeah. Super. That's that. Right then. Um, thank you, everybody, to listening to this, for listening to this historic edition of Hand of Pod, the first one recorded under an Argentine papacy, even if none of us care about that. Um, we spent the whole episode talking about it. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> Quite impressive, really. We do actually care. In a way. Um, when, do we know when he's coming over? He will be, I assume, going back. Well, he's going to have right? to stick around until the Easter service in the Vatican, at least, I think. Oh, fair enough. Um, but, yeah. I'm going to see him when he comes. It'll be interesting. Mm. It's going to be carnage. It's going to be for that. I'm going to go down and sell chodis. Where's it going to be? In Lujan or in Plaza de Mayo? Plaza de Mayo is Buenos Aires Cathedral, is, is where that is. And well, Lujan is like the religious centre of the country, for the benefit of our listeners who've not been to mm-hmm. Argentina. Um, if he's in Plaza de Mayo, I might go along. It's only ten minutes walk from my house, but... I don't, know, I don't know if you'll be able to get in at all. Think how early you have to go to, to, to yeah. get your spot. I'll probably have to show my Catholic baptism certificate I mean, or something. San Lorenzo himself, just the club, put 100,000 people in Blasso Marshall when they were doing yeah. the Return to the Voyager. So imagine how much San Lorenzo was number one. Catholic Church. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've heard they've got a few more fans than San Lorenzo. One just a two. couple, I mean. Um, yeah. Indeed. But yeah, if you're Viggo Mortensen and you're listening, uh, then we console you on, on losing your place as most famous San Lorenzo fan internationally uh, if you're a San Lorenzo fan of course we, I suppose we should congratulate, congratulate you, you yeah, for, for the enormous leap in international visibility that your club's just taken and well we'll see what happens from here whether San Lorenzo go on a 20 game unbeaten run or something um, but for now goodbye from me uh, hang on but surely the magic should start and should carry on while he's pope, pope right during his papacy. Well, you're right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, this will be a golden era for yeah. San Lorenzo. Absolutely. We could be ahead of... How, how long do they get? How old is Four he? Four years since? How old is he? 77, <laughs> so he can last 
20 years with the medical care of getting it to Yeah, they take quite a good care of the patch, right? Um, so I've heard, anyway. Um, so, yeah, 20 year unbeaten run for San Lorenzo. That would be, they're, they're the holders of the current best unbeaten run in the Primera, of course. Are they? Yeah, and the Pecker, uh, was it Pecker? No, um, no, Pellegrini. Both begin with PE, that's why. <laughs> How long was that? And they're both in Argentine. Argentine. Pellegrini is not Argentine. <laughs> Pellegrini is not Argentine. Beckerman is managing a team that's not Argentina at the moment, a national there team. Um, on that bombshell. Right. Yes, on that bombshell, as Dan says. Uh, we will say goodbye. It's goodbye from the very sober mate drinking Mr. Richards. Goodbye. Goodbye from the mildly sober, because he's been giving himself weak fernet, uh, Mr. Edwards. Hello. And goodbye, judging by the gaff I just made from the clearly quite pissed me. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>